Greetings and welcome to the Audio Tidbits Podcast Network. We hope you enjoy the show. Right before you stopped by, I was having a conversation with one of my digital friends. He likes to pass as human, or at least try to pass as human. He's pretty good at it, but doesn't quite pull it off. At any rate, he also thinks that he's an intellectual. I think the truth of the matter is that he figures he's a little bit smarter than the rest of us. At least he's pretty sure he's smarter than I am. I don't know, maybe he is and maybe he isn't, but he sure goes into pretty philosophical areas. That's the way he tries to demonstrate his intellectual superiority. Nonetheless, we were talking about virtue, and I wanted to make sure that we had the terms correct, so I checked with another one of my digital friends. You may have him visit you from time to time at your house. I like to call him the Google guy, so I like to ask the Google guy to define things for me sometimes. So I said, hey, Google, define virtue. Here's the definition of virtue, behavior showing high moral standards. Okay, so my digital friend and I were talking about virtue, otherwise known as high moral standards. Let me share with you a little bit of that conversation as it continues. Here's my friend. When one ceases from conflict, whether because he has won, because he has lost, or because he cares no more for the game, the virtue passes out of him. Charles Horton Cooley. There are three concepts here that represent an unusual juxtaposition, conflict, the game, and virtue. Robert Lynn said, no doubt there are other important things in life besides conflict but there are not many other things so inevitably interesting. The very saints interest us most when we think of them as engaged in a conflict with the devil. I think I'll give my digital friend a thumbs up for his passing as human plan. With a voice like that, he may end up on NPR. No, even better. He may end up delivering the nightly news on NBC. I think I'll also give him a thumbs up in the being smart department, or at least passing as being smart. The idea seems to be that we only have a limited supply of virtue, and if we're not careful, it could all pass away, pass out of us, right on down the drain, I guess. My digital friend's idea also seems to be that conflict is where the action is. We have choices to make between good and bad, right and wrong, should and shouldn't. And if we're not careful, if we make the wrong choices, we can end up without any virtue, without any sense of right and wrong left in us. And I suspect that his point is that if we let it start slipping away, it becomes easier and easier as time goes on. Maybe I shouldn't speculate. Perhaps with someone as smart as my digital friend, we should just let him explain it. So, here we go. Conflict can certainly be interesting, either as a participant or as an observer. But the game and its relationship to virtue may be even more interesting. The game must first offer real and present, win-lose possibilities. If it doesn't, the virtue passes out of you. More to the point, an immediate possibility of losing is the key to virtue. Here, 
Virtue is doing what is right and avoiding what is wrong. The virtuous person pursues winning while doing only what is right. Conflict is then not the tension between winning and losing. Rather, it's the responsibility of right versus the risk of wrong. The truly fatal risk is not losing. It's succumbing to the temptation to sacrifice one's virtue on the altar of success. Okay, I think I may be getting the point. If I am, it's not really all that complicated. I think it's safe to assume that one doesn't have to be an intellectual giant to get the message. We have choices. We have good choices and bad choices, right choices and wrong choices, virtuous choices, and those that let the virtue drain out of us. I think it's the kind of thing, the kind of choice situation that comes up in terms of big choices and little choices, but certainly comes up most every day. We have the opportunity to do right, to do good, to make the virtuous choice, or we have the opportunity to make the selfish choice, the self-serving choice, the wrong choice, the choice that lets the virtue pass out of us. I think we can see the effect of choosing with our friends and family, with our co-workers, with people in our community, with public figures, with national leaders. We see the results all of the time. People who have made virtuous choices, people who have opted for the quick and easy solution, the choice that serves them best. It kind of boils down to who we want to be, what our goal for ourselves is, I guess. It's a pretty complicated kind of thing on the one hand, but on the other hand, it kind of boils down to a pretty simple right and wrong type thing. We know what's right, we know what the good thing is to do, the virtuous thing is to do, and we know what the other choices are. It kind of depends on what our goal for ourselves is, who we think of ourselves as, who we want to be. Let's see what my digital friend thinks about all this. How does he come down on who we should be, how we should decide? Here we go. It's tempting to put forth a few moral pronouncements about right and wrong, but it's your call. The take-home point is simply that, if you are a virtuous person, you know what's right and understand what's wrong. The game, for you, is doing what's right and avoiding what's wrong, while playing to win, every time. To do otherwise is to let the virtue pass out of you. I think that makes it pretty easy to cut to the chase. Virtue is a choice. We can decide to be a virtuous person or not. No one can decide for us. The truth of the matter is that there aren't very many people who even want to decide for us. It's pretty much up to us. Either we choose to stick to the moral high road or we take an alternative path. It's up to you, it's up to me, it's up to each of us. And then it comes as no surprise. We get to live with our choice.
Music by Kevin McLeod.